0: SMQBs, this is episode 116, a very special episode. We're really lucky to be joined by Jerry Bembry of Anscape to talk about Jim Brown, John Moran, and NBA playoffs. It's a really great discussion. You're going to enjoy it, no doubt about it. We also talk PGA Championship, punchable face, lasso, and one quick buzzer beater. Check us out. Leave us five stars. Thanks for listening. It's on the people, climb up on the booth, singing from the
1: people on the people. My hits the roof, dancing on the ceiling, on the people. I got people on the oh. on the people. I got-
0: SMQBs. This is episode 116. We are uh, still going strong here. This is going to be a great episode. We have a special guest. I'm going to let Rooster introduce him in a second. But before we do that, obviously, we're going to have a lot of talk about the great Jim Brown today. And I think it's almost, um, it's almost a uh, cliche at this point to talk about his lacrosse career because everybody sort of mentioned that, but I did want to just give a couple of <laughs> quick highlights on, on his lacrosse career, even though he's a Syracuse guy, that's very hard for me to to yeah. deal with. Uh, but I mean, he, he was, he, he was a two-time all American 56 and 57 Syracuse as a senior in 57, he scored 64 points. And was ranked second in the nation with 43 goals. I, I don't know, not everybody here follows lacrosse. That's a lot of goals in a season.
2: I he, mean he was probably the best lacrosse player in the country at that time.
0: Yeah, he mm-hmm. and if if not maybe the greatest ever still.
2: Yeah. Uh,
0: so and and even if you said he was just the greatest to come out of Syracuse, that would be saying something right. Right. probably the greatest ever. So anyway, they're I just wanted to get that out there to start with. He also uh, lettered
2: in basketball at the same time while he was in yeah, Syracuse.
0: Yeah, I mean, just
2: unbelievable, Rooster. Why don't you? I thought he was. Their- uh, I
3: thought he was a star of the Dirty Dozen. I didn't realize he played football. <laughs>
4: yeah, <laughs> I love that movie. By <laughs> <a> the <lot.
0: laughs> way,
4: oh, absolutely,
0: yeah. Well, oh, Rooster, why don't right. you take it away from here and, and we'll jump into some great conversation. I'm
2: looking forward to well, it. Well, yeah, we're really happy to have a great friend of the show with us again tonight. Jerry Bembry, who's a senior writer at Anscape, which uh, kind of traces its its history back to uh, ESPN, the magazine and the undefeated, or at least Jerry does. And uh, he also knows way more about the NBA than uh, <laughs> three or four of us hacks. So we're going to cover a little NBA with Jerry. But first, we really just are excited to kick it off with some discussion about Jim Brown. I mean, we all know that Jim Brown is the greatest football player ever. We're not going to spend any time on that. That's been covered by everybody under the sun. Like Bison said, he was probably also the greatest lacrosse player ever. Just the best all-around athlete I could ever think of during my lifetime, except for maybe Bo Jackson. Um, but what I'd really like to talk about with Jerry, because, you know, I know you've covered this a little bit, and I'm wondering if you have you had the good fortune to ever meet Jim Brown, but we'd like to talk about his impact on civil
1: rights in this country. Yeah, I, n- I never met him. And, you know, I just want to go back. You guys mentioned lacrosse. Can you imagine a guy as big and strong as Jim <laughs> Brown? Yeah. You no. field. I mean, it's just it's <laughs> unbelievable. But Yeah. Uh, you know, Brian has that picture of the uh, the Ali Summit that you know Jim Brown was an organizer on. You have some of the greatest athletes uh, in the world and a couple of politicians, but you know, Bill Russell, uh, Kareem Abdul Jabbar, then Lew Alcindor. How long? Look how young he looks. He's got this baby face. Exactly, and, and you know, <laughs> and I'm sure he was in awe. Just to, I've read some stuff where he was in awe just to be invited to that moment mm-hmm. at a young age. But uh, you know, Muhammad Ali had taken a stand about uh, not going to war. And, you know, he was very outspoken and he was penalized and, you know, he lost his titles, uh, threatened with jail. And Jim Brown organized a summit uh, to stand with him and to speak up for him. And, you know, he was one of uh, the guys that was a true activist in in, in sports. And uh, he continued that for the rest of his life. And, yeah, he was he, he was a great individual, uh, great football player. Eight rushing titles in nine years in the NFL, which is just amazing. Uh, went on to become a Hollywood actor, and and the reason why one of the reasons why he stepped away from football was because um, he was going to miss part of training camp while he was doing his movie role. And the owner said, "Well, you have to be here." Jim Brown called up and said, "You know, uh, I quit," and he he came <laughs> back. So uh, he was the MVP of the league
2: the year before. Yeah. Absolutely, um, absolutely. Just unbelievable. It's like the ultimate, like call
0: your bluff move, right? Yeah. Totally. Okay, literally. Yeah, like. I
1: quit. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> you right. can imagine the Cleveland Browns. I mean, they got this the greatest player, you know, the uh, NFL's all-time rushing leader. And uh he decides to walk away. I, I'm sure that hurt them at the turnstile. But uh that was a man who was not unafraid to speak up to stand up for his principles, and uh he should be admired for that.
2: You know, Pope, your your photo photo brings back memories I, I've told you guys about growing up with my mother who was maybe the weirdest history teacher in the world and decorated my bedroom and you know whatever history course she was teaching that year it could be African studies it could be women's studies but all of a sudden my bedroom became decorated with photographs of her topics and I would intersperse some baseball basketball posters among it, but that was one of them. And then she, she talked at an early age about the Cleveland summit, uh, because she didn't like sports at all, but, and she knew I loved it. So that was her way of sort of getting me to think about the world by talking about prominent athletes who, who played a role in the civil rights movement. And this was one of my earliest memories of of these guys. And the sad thing is Jerry, I, I can't think of another, instance since then 19 this was 1967 where any athlete stood up and took a political stand like that for for another athlete well you yeah. had our
3: olympians in 1968 olympics
2: yeah well yeah but that was that was you know that was definitely for the cause but not for another, you know not for another athlete
1: and you got these athletes from all sports standing up there too so i mean yeah uh, it's just commendable and you know bill russell who we just recently lost as well in his own right was a great activist and 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 really spoke up uh, about things that were affecting Black people in the country. So um, I, you see athletes make those stands today, but you don't see athletes put themselves at risk as much as these guys did back then. Yeah, yeah. athletes yeah. do today have guaranteed contracts that they can fall back on, and you know they were they were giving up their livelihood. Uh, you know it, their livelihood was threatened by doing that, so. It's really commendable what they did.
2: Well, we we uh, hear you that you've got a really fun event to go to with your daughter tonight, an ESPN ev- event. So we're we're going to try to speed this up so you can get out. Uh, let's go from sad to mad uh, and talk about your article uh, recently <laughs> called, Who Does John Morant Want to Be? We all read it. It was a great article. Uh, I commend it to all of our listeners. It's on Anscape.com. And um you know you seem to be advocating for a, a one-year suspension for John tell us about that
1: you know I think he needs a significant uh suspension just because right before the most recent incident with a gun two months before um John Moran sat on a TV program and apologized for his actions and said it wasn't him and said it wasn't his gun and you know he said everything that you need to say to to dodge major punishment. And for him to come back two months after that interview with Jalen Rose and to do it again. And this is this has nothing to do with Second Amendment gun rights, because, you know, that's that's the Second Amendment. You're allowed to have guns. But uh, he's he has guns in public places. You know, he had a gun in a strip club the first time. He's got a gun in a car the second time. And so much can go wrong. And Charles Barkley once famously said, I am not a role model, but. Athletes are role models, and people do follow, mimic what they do. And if John Moran is in a club, if John Moran is in a car, pulling a gun, holding it uh, uh, carelessly, then kids are going to do the same thing as well. And we have enough of a problem with gun violence and deaths, especially among the African-American community, um, for people, for kids to say, this is okay. And so I think that John Moran, the first time, went into... Um, they said he went into a facility in Florida and maybe it lasted eight days, 10 days, whatever. But I think he needs a bigger punishment to think about what he did, the impact on other people that he has. And I think a year without pay, maybe it's a half a season without pay. Either one of those I think would be significant and make him realize that, you know what? The NBA can discard me at any time. You know, there's another guy who's coming up behind me um, who can fit my role, and and you know I need to I need to you know check myself and and really figure things out and and do the right thing, and so I, I hope he does because I like him as a ball player. I think he's yeah. exciting. Uh, you know he makes Memphis a winner. He he gives that 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 team its backbone. And but you're only as good as your best player, and if your best player is immature then that, that means your whole franchise is going to be immature. They're going to um, follow the leader. The is going to say, well, if John can get away with this, then why can't I get away with this? So I think for the Memphis Grizzlies franchise, I think it's important for them um, to help him get right and make sure that he gets the help he needs uh, to come back and be the player that we all think he is.
2: You know, you course, mentioned in your article that, he's you know he's in he's a bordering on or in Antonio Brown territory huh. here with his behavior and you know it's always kind of I want to be there funny to say Antonio Brown is batshit crazy but I actually think he has some mental health problems and needs some help and yeah. it's, it's kind of sad it's, i mean, something more than just being immature here going
1: on with John Moran what's I mean what is he doing yeah you know it could be it, it could be the circle that you run with and you know it's funny I was on a panel this past weekend with Mahmoud Abdul Raouf. And he was saying that, you know, if, if, if you're, and he wasn't speaking about job, he was just made this example. He said, if you're not a, if you're not physically fit, you should hang around physically fit people to inspire you. You know, if, if you lack intelligence in a certain topic, you can, you should hang around those people to inspire you because that, you know, that gets you to that level or, or make you want to be at that level. And, I think John ja needs to be around better people in his life and, and and maybe jobs that bad influence on the other guys. I don't know. I don't know what it is because mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the, the guy, his friend took the, uh, the face with the Instagram live video. And no one told Josh, ja. I ja knew exactly where he was at. And, you know, his instinct was to pull a gun. So was that the friend being a bad influence uh, because he was on Instagram live? Or was that Ja just doing something really not too smart for pulling a gun knowing he's on Instagram Live, knowing he was on Instagram live last time? So uh, well, I mean think- Jerry,
3: Jerry, who are the grown ups in the room that need to step up and take control of, of Jaw's future?
1: Yeah, you know, I think that perhaps the Memphis Grizzlies are in a situation where they should sign a veteran guy. You know, Miami has Miami Heat has Dionis Haslam, <laughs> their team as a veteran guy. He doesn't play but I'm sure he's a positive influence based on his career and the people he was around and winning championships just before he used to be the backbone of that team. Yeah. And, and and maybe the Grizzlies don't have that guy. Maybe they need that veteran guy to really be a positive influence. Cause obviously the people in Josh Moran uh, aren't being that right now. Well, he's not so getting even, it from even, his dad. We know
0: that. From, well, even even beyond that time. though, because Pope, you, you hit, hit on something that I wanted to ask you about. I think it was a good question, Pope. And, and even beyond a veteran player on the team, you know who are really the the sort of icons now that that these young guys will listen to. I mean, I I, I made a joke about uh, Jim Brown being a Syracuse guy, and and gave away that I'm a Georgetown guy. And, and you know, I was there when Iverson came to Georgetown, and John Thompson was a guy who Iverson you know ended up idolizing and and credited with everything good that happened in his life at the end of the day. Now we obviously you mentioned that we lost Bill Russell, we've lost Jim Brown. Who are the people now that that these guys in the league who have so much and they're you know we talk about the player empowerment movement which is which is great in a lot of ways. But you know I think this is something even in our in our law practices we see that young people they don't necessarily want advice From the older people, they think they're they're ready to take on the world. And there's pros and cons of that. Are there leaders in the in the the professional athlete world that some of these superstars who have so much so fast will listen to?
1: I'm not saying that all coaches have the best influence on players, but, you know, Taylor Jenkins, I don't I don't you know, I don't know what kind of coach he is in the locker room. Uh, I don't know if he has a full grasp of that Grizzlies team, Um, but we are in a situation today where the players make tens of millions of dollars and the coach may make five or six. So does the coach really have power in that situation? And so I don't know if Taylor Jenkins has that power to really make a stand with job. And that's why I say maybe a veteran player, because maybe it's somebody who's in the trenches with you. Maybe it's a veteran, maybe it's an assistant coach who's been through it and who can have that influence. But it's got to be someone around him on a day to day basis to really be unafraid to say, you know what, this isn't right. And your career is in jeopardy. Maybe it's a former player like uh, I hate to say his name, but a Gilbert Arenas. And maybe he's not the best- <laughs> <laughs> but a guy who is had- losing he a lot of money yeah. because of guns. Right. right. A guy who had some issues uh, during his career and and kind of lost it. He was by 31. He was playing in China. And, and a lot, you know, part of that was with the gun incident. Part of that was with injuries. But, you know, Gilbert should have had a longer career because he was yeah. as talented a guard as you, we've seen in basketball. Uh, but he made some poor decisions off the court. I, I didn't mention this in my article, and I wish I did. I think about Aaron Hernandez oh, God. and how this guy, during the course of his life at the University of Florida, got a pass. And, you know, when he got to the NFL, he, you know, people overlooked certain things in his life. And then we see how that story ended up. And you just hate to see John Moran end up that way because yeah. the talent is so good. And he, you know, this this guy is he can have a Hall of Fame career if he just plays his cards right. He can, by the end of his career, make three-quarters of a billion dollars, maybe, because his last deal was 197 million. He blew up $39 million bonus. You know, that's five years. You just figure five years from now he can get another deal and maybe another deal. Um, you know, this is this is generational beyond generational wealth that's at stake with this guy and for him to pull a gun and potentially put that at risk is just mind boggling to me. I just don't understand. I really don't. And, and you know, my daughter, I, I, I'm if my daughter was doing stuff like that, I would pull her up and say, listen, you know, you, you got to get this right. I can't tell you how to run your life. but I'm going to tell you what you what you maybe should be doing. You know, I I never want to tell her what to do, but I want to put some alternatives out there, some suggestions out there. And someone needs to do that with Ja. His dad seems to be a guy who wants to be in the spotlight a lot. So maybe he is not the right guy. Obviously, his friends, if you look on the Instagram page, their life revolves around Ja Morant. You know, it's all Ja on their Instagram page. It's not them. It's right. Ja and them, right? So, um, yeah, he need Johnny just surround himself with five good people in his life who are really going to set him straight and be an inspiration to him and and uh, and, and and just be positive for him.
3: And, and and like you said, I think he needs time to think. I mean, if if he doesn't get punished severely for his last action, then you
1: know he's going to get the wrong lesson from it. Yeah, if you give him another week, right? If you give him eight days and he can just sit out right. and come back and like nothing happened, that's not going to do it. It's got to be the significant amount of time, um, and that's you know time, money lost, um, not being in a spotlight, not helping your team. I think all that would have an impact on you know him maybe turning a corner.
3: I mean, you you wonder about a coach like Popovich, you know, somebody like Spo potentially Spoh, Spoh. Spoh's doing Spoh's
1: it well Spoh, these or Spo,
3: you know, yeah. but and Pop is the Godfather. I mean, if anybody's going to have an influence. It'd be somebody like him, maybe. Yeah,
1: yeah. Pop and Spo because uh, he's an extension of Pat Riley. Pat Riley is still around that organization, and mm-hmm. he's one of the most respected guys. All the, the the big time stars who came and played for Miami, you know, they 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 had to respect what 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 Riley Pat Riley did during the course of his career, and and, and Riley has a big influence on that on on what the people on that team do. And again, I don't know what the Memphis Grizzlies well. have in terms of um, in their coaching staff and their organization that could be that guy.
0: Well, Go and, that, ahead, and you know just just oh just real quick milk before milk, but I mean that that goes back to my guy Iverson too, who who I'm obsessed with, but you know he went from Thompson to Larry Brown, right? And Larry Brown that that fit. It fit for some reason. He, you know, they fought, right? But but when he's given his Hall of Fame induction speech, you know, that was another father figure to him. And and you know all his success again, he, he would give to the Larry Brown too. So, sorry milk.
4: No, I mean, I, I just think I think you're hitting a great point, Jerry, because we live in this culture now of success winning, immediate success and winning. So are, our, our, you know, is the Grizzlies coach incentivized to suspend him, to lose his best, the best player? What about the Grizzlies ownership and all of the money that that is involved in these sports now? So, and and even all the way up to the NBA leadership. So, how do we help? help these guys when they're, when he doesn't have a good circle of influence, he doesn't have family friends. And then on the other side, this culture of winning is basically saying, I don't want to suspend this guy for a year. I'm going to keep letting him get away yeah, with it's these It's
1: got to be the commissioner. Yeah. yeah it's got to be commissioner stepping in for this one. And, you know, uh, Adam Silva's interview during the playoffs, uh, speaking about this, you can see um, how hurt he was because uh, he thought job ja was being sincere. And, even though it would hurt the Grizzlies, you know, say you suspend them for half a year, it hurts him for half a year, but hopefully you get job ja back for 10 more years. Right. If you let him walk this path right now, um, then you might lose him forever. And I'd rather have 10 years of John ja Morant being a great player than losing him forever. Yeah. That's great. Yeah.
0: By the way, Adam Silver seems like a good guy who cares about not just the, the dollars, not just the league, but about the players. I, I don't know. Maybe that's naive. Are you uh, contrasting
3: I, him with Goodell?
0: Well, I, I, I was about to. Yeah, I was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I might have been going there. But I, but I mean, even without bringing up Goodell, he strikes me as someone like you said that he felt you you, you could hear the hurt. And I actually do believe, you know, I don't know him. I mean, like I said, this could be naive or just stupid. But I mean, I, I, I get that from him, that there's a sort of warmth to him that he cares about these players. Uh and so, you know, hopefully that's he'll, he'll do the right
1: thing for the player too. Yeah, I think Adam does care about the player. I think that um jaw is lucky that uh David Stern is a commissioner because I think David probably would have been more heavy handed yep. uh in his punishment. So um yeah Adam cares, but even if you even as you care, you've been burned in this situation. And right. you know, the 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 penalty has to be severe enough to make this player think. And I think, I said a year in my article, I think a half year would, would send the point home.
3: Yeah.
2: All right, for our younger listeners, we're going to move on from the boomer portion of the program. Where we're <laughs> telling you all how to live your lives <laughs> and talk about the NBA playoffs. Who here thinks that either the Lakers or the Celtics have a chance of coming back like the 2004 Red Sox? Anyone? Nope. Who-
0: nobody
3: nope. done
2: nope.
3: <laughs> Damn, i i want to i want to hear jerry's commentary on what does he think happened in boston because i look at that as much more severe than the lakers i mean lakers weren't even supposed to be there but boston boy you know their body language last night was awful yeah you know they
1: i'm looking at the teams that that are having success this year so you look at miami and offensively it's constant ball movement right they're always in motion and They're leading the Boston defenders to be off balance. Uh, You look at Denver; you know a lot of guys touch the ball. Joker is such a great passer. Constant ball movement uh, it gets the Lakers off balance. And the Boston Celtics are a one-on-one team. It's almost like my New York Knicks. Yes, exactly. They're a one-on-one. I've been yelling about this for weeks now, Jerry. I love Brunson,
2: but my God, he thinks it's
1: him against four or five guys. Exactly. So it's isolation ball, and so. Uh, you know, as Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown running ISO players, uh, they're not moving the ball offensively as well. And they're, they're taking these one on one moves. And and the Boston Celtics, you know, the announcers touched on it. They cried so much last night. It's oh. like depending on every play. I picked against Miami in every series this year. I bet, I bet Miami <laughs> fans ESPN has a list of experts to pick stuff. And I'm every series, even from the play in, I picked against Miami. So Miami <laughs> fans probably think that I don't know anything about basketball. But they want you to keep picking against them. And, yeah. Right. And, and, yeah, and, they're probably, and they're probably right. Uh, and when it comes to the Boston, uh, when it comes to Miami Heat, because I never thought once Tyler Hero went down, when Olaf Depot had his injury, that it was Jimmy Butler and a bunch of other guys, seven undrafted players, and they're in the position they're in today. But it's a reflection on Spolstra allowing those guys to play allowing those guys to make mistakes not being heavy-handed just encouraging them and uh he's he hasn't won a coach of the Year award but I think he's the best coach in basketball to get this out of this group of guys um is just unbelievable and Jimmy Butler he's not he's not a high well he you know he's not a high flyer he's not fancy all that stuff but that guy gets the job done I really appreciate Jimmy Butler's yeah the way he plays the game and i think everybody feeds off of him and um that's that's an unbelievable team now if it's denver and boston in the final denver and miami in the final i'm still picking denver i'm not gonna yeah. you know, i can't pick miami but um but yeah they, they what they've done has been incredible absolutely incredible
3: i mean kenny kenny said last night on tnt that it looked like boston uh, was playing like it was the fourth game of a series they were down 3-0 it, yeah,
1: it was incredible I, yeah, it's I don't I don't know how you explain that. And um uh, I think it's frustration. I mean, you know, I used to play ball and you're getting your butt kicked up and down the court and you just lose your will sometimes. And um you hate to see that in the Eastern Conference Finals. You hate to see that from a time that reached the NBA finals last year, but uh that's what Boston did. And it's 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 you know, they've had a lot of change, you know, coaching situation from a year ago to today. And um I I just don't know. If they can move forward with this team, I don't know if, if Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum can coexist. I thought they could going into the playoffs this year, but I don't now watching this, I don't know. And I'll I'll say this too about what about players. MA and Doka
2: though? Do do you think there's a different outcome with him as head coach all year?
1: I think with the success that they had a year ago, perhaps. Um, but it's when you get to the playoffs, it's completely different. So you can play during the regular season. You're playing Atlanta this night. You got the Wizards this night, the Lakers this night, and you as a player can be effective because they don't have enough time to game plan you, right? So it's only like maybe a day off and and maybe that team is on a back to back. And so it's not, you know, they see the tape. They know what you can do. But in a seven game series, when you know who you're playing and you can come up with a game plan to stymie someone, uh, that's what Miami has done to Boston. Yeah. And Boston's coaching staff hasn't been able to figure it out. And that's what makes Miami such a great team is because they know that
2: Jalen Brown can't dribble in traffic and nobody's moving around for him to pass it to. So that's a pretty, pretty simple coaching decision, whereas Boston's coach has never heard of a double team. I guess would have been
0: interesting if uh, if at the beginning of the season, uh, Boston could have convinced one uh, Brad Stevens to come out of the out of the front office and back down to the bench. Right. That. It, it might be a little bit of a different situation.
1: But it could be know, a different yeah. it could be a difference. Um I, I don't know what's wrong with that team because if you look at if you look at the makeup of the team, um you you think, okay, this is this is solid. Um but I would love to see just like with the Knicks more ball movement, you know, uh I I the ISO ball just kills me. And three-point three basketball, It is funny. I was taking a walk in Brooklyn today, and I walked by this playground. I'm watching these kids shoot. And there's a guy out there, he's just launching one three after another three after another three. He's got, like, 20 shots, and he missed them all. And it's like, <laughs> but this is what – It's what, like LeBron. Right, right? So you watch <laughs> basketball today, and you see all these guys just launching three-point shots at will. I see guys drive the lane today and have a layup and kick it out for a three. I'm taking the, the sure two as opposed to going for the three and – Right, It's it's a three-point shooting league right now. I think the analytics has really screwed up. That's why I want Denver to win, because they have a big man who goes inside or out, and they can pound you in the middle, and they can get points in the paint. And I just want to see it go back to that style, just a versatile style of basketball, as opposed to everybody launching threes thinking they're a shooter. Are you
3: surprised at all the Lakers haven't been more competitive?
1: No. Nah, LeBron's 38 years old. He, yeah. <laughs> you know, they had a lot of change during the course of the season, uh, you know they bring in DeAngelo Russell late. I mean, it's it's a lot of Rui Archimor comes in and he's played well, but it's it's so much changed during the course of a year that um, you really need that continuity uh, to figure it out. And and you know Miami's had to change over with the injuries, but uh, they have a system that works. And uh, if if this was LeBron at twenty four, I think it would be different. But LeBron at thirty eight. don't think he can carry it he's not he's not a defender that he was he still gets a highlight block but he's not the guy that's gonna you know just buckle down and get in you defensively for for the entire basketball game and I I think that that team has some flaws that I think it's showing right now
0: I heard uh Bill Simmons throw out the uh the uh Embiid for Anthony Davis straight up trade as a possibility
2: (laughs) 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 he's he's (laughs) also got Embiid going to the Knicks yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I, I tell I really you, our you,
1: counterpart. Yeah, yeah. I, we'll, we'll see what GM LeBron comes up with because he's, he's pulled <laughs> right? the, That's the deals Right. Out there. Yeah. That's, yeah. You got Anthony Davis there. And I mean, they, they gave up some talented players for Anthony Davis. And uh, for as great as he can be, um, uh, he's injury prone in big situations. He's been inconsistent. And um, yeah, from from on paper, he looks really good. But when it comes down to it, um, but he just hasn't shown it on a consistent basis, yeah.
2: All right, so I think your 30 minutes is about up. Our last thing on the NBA is uh, Mello, retired, you sure
1: thing first, first round Hall of Famer, don't you think? First yeah, he's, a, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, uh, had a great career. As oh, a another man. Syracuse guy, yeah. Oh, you guys are uh, killing him, yeah, baby. Exactly. Yeah. Killing I mean, baby. I was I was there during that rise that they played the first round game in Albany that year. I covered it for ESPN.com. Um a great great player. Uh when he came to New York, it didn't fit well with me because they gave up so much for him. So I, I think I held that against yep. him. Course, yeah, me too. Being a Knicks fan, not as they could have just waited players. and gotten him, gotten him as a free agent. They didn't exactly they had the trade. been patient and waited. They could have kept that nucleus that they had, and maybe the outcome for the Knicks in the future years would have been greater. But they went and they gutted the team to get him. And as a as a Knicks fan, I was unhappy with what happened um, as a basketball journalist. Mello was a great player. Um, yeah, it just didn't do right by my Knicks. All right, my friend. Thank you again for joining us. It's always yeah. great to see you. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. Have fun hey, tonight. Great I enjoyed meeting. it. Yeah, you know, I'm just going to stay in the background, let my well, daughter do a thing. Yeah, and, uh, I know you're not. Maybe she can introduce <laughs> me to some people. <laughs> Congrats, <laughs> thank today. you so
0: much for your time. We appreciate it. Awesome. Thank, thank you so much. See you next Bye. time. Bye. Alrighty. Great stuff.
2: Yeah. Hey, hey, thanks, great, he's a, thanks, he's a great, he's a great guy.
0: Yeah, yeah, he is. Um, so you know, I, just just to follow up on the one thing he was saying there about the Celtics and and that team, if that core can can go together, like you know, you wonder they're not going to get rid of Tatum, right? I mean, Tatum's no. the guy, but Brown, right? I mean, Brown is 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 he a free agent now, or is he, he's coming up on it? He's coming. Right up. I
2: think I can't remember if he is or is about to be, but there's a good he, chance he's gone.
0: Yeah, because he's going to be $190, $200 two hundred million dollar yeah. contract guy. Um, you can't pay each
2: of them 50 million for these right. results.
0: Right. That's right. So, and you know, the guy who, who's always on the trade list and, and everybody wants to talk about, but I wonder if, uh, Bradley Beal would be a good fit with,
2: with Tatum. Hmm. Interesting. Just something, you know, you know, I threw it out there. Can, can either one of these teams be the 2004 Red Sox who came back after being down zero to three to my Yankees and then won four straight. Yeah. And, it, and I think Jimmy Butler answered the question for us when he asked, how is his team doing what they're doing? And he said, because we have a bunch of dogs on this team. The Celtics yeah. don't have any dogs on their team. Yeah. They're soft. I mean, they're they're just too same soft. Same as the Sixers. Yeah. Same as the Sixers.
3: I mean, literally, Gabe Vincent, we had him put 29 points in game three. Anybody have that on their bingo card?
0: Right. I mean, it's unbelievable. Every night, there's somebody new. And by the way, the, the, the Heat, at the end of the second quarter there, maybe, maybe it was the third quarter, but they missed like four open threes in a row. I mean, that game was over, but they, it could have been over, over. if They had dropped a couple three pointers that, that just were open good looks and they missed them. I mean, it was the score is almost not as it doesn't tell the whole story of that game.
3: Right. Like Barkley said, he goes, you know, the first, part of the game the Celtics come down and they jack up like 12 straight threes because that's a team that doesn't want to drive that's a team that doesn't doesn't have the uh you know motivation to go do what it takes and and how about game threes are a dogfight.
0: how about pouring salt in the wound when Magic Johnson the Laker comes out and says says sorry Celtics fans your team quit on you well, Ow, he did not sure. like that.
2: He doesn't like to see that, though.
0: No, but but, but Celtics fans don't want to hear that. From the, Magic Johnson the, the
2: Celtics' legacy means something to Magic Johnson. It does. It makes, you're right. It makes yep. him more important. I mean, I, you're right. Sure. That's right. That's
3: right. Missoula's post game conference had to have been like one of the lows in Celtic history. He's like. I don't know. I, I don't, I've i lost okay. the locker
2: and I don't He's have, like, any, I don't don't have any answers. He's like, look, I just me. need to fire me. What? For, yeah. Maybe fire you should right do it now. tonight before yeah. the next game. Maybe
3: somebody yeah. else should coach yeah. game four.
2: Let let uh, Horford or, or Marcus Smart coach it That's be a better game. result. Oh, no! What, what the awesome. hell? <laughs> uh, unbelievable.
3: You he look at All a right. seer in a headlight.
2: I stopped watching that game before halftime. I texted you guys. This is going to be a blowout. I couldn't even watch it anymore. Oh, yeah.
0: I turned it off halfway through the third quarter. I was done well you uh to- yeah i did i was it was way too late for me right. um
3: but i did like your I prognostications give? like going at a week ago the review was fun <laughs>
0: the which one? Oh,
3: <laughs> your picks
0: yeah well
2: you picked miami he and denver no right?
4: by the I,
0: way i does, did
4: i picked L- denver does la win tonight do they get one win i think so they're gonna win tonight
2: Yeah, I I think think I think that LeBron still has a little dog in him, and you know he's got enough in him to pull out one win.
4: Yeah,
0: but I don't think think the Celtics do. I agree,
2: and they're the best team left, and probably in the NBA right now. But look, I I
0: mean, I mean, hope you're. I mean, I feel like like Jerry does. Like, I don't. I would pick Miami over Denver, but you also sort of feel like. Well, why couldn't I mean, why not? Right, right,
4: right, right. Why not? Why not learn from my
0: mistakes right. every other round? Right. I mean, players. I don't know, though. So, no. All right. Anything else on NBA?
4: No team that is singing. Taylor Swift is going to win an NBA title. Who's doing that?
0: Who's oh, doing yeah. That?
2: <laughs> Miami. Miami, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, Miami they did. was.
0: Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Jimmy Butler was. Yeah. yeah. Uh Yeah. Well, you say whatever you want about Jimmy Butler. I, yeah. Right. If you got to have if you got to have one guy. You know, not not taking a shot, but one guy to lead your team in a quarter of basketball who's in the who's in the NBA right now. It's hard not to take Jimmy Butler. That's actually him. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. Hey, Pope. um, You got to have very mixed feelings
4: today (laughs) Uh, about a
0: washed up has been from the, the lit club live.
4: I can't wait to hear how he spins Live
0: it. and let die.
4: How is he going to spin it? Yeah, well, he
0: is a sponsor of Live, so you know that. I mean, that's
4: <laughs> that's right.
2: He's been a Live fan all along. We're about to he hear hates that. It, right he hates it too. when closet I remind fan. him that he's a sponsor. He's <laughs> a closet that.
3: Live fan. All right. I, I, I think,
2: you know, and I haven't
3: gone back uh, to to hear all of the times we talked about it, but I think my comment on Brooks was, that the only reason he did it was because of his injuries and he was afraid that he would never get it back. And this was his opportunity to cash in. I don't think a healthy Brooks Kepka would have ever gone to live. I think he cares too much about his legacy and he is right now, you know, clearly the major uh, guy on, on tour. I mean, he, all he does is he wins majors. He's got more majors than, than tour victories and, I don't think there, there aren't anybody who can say that, you know, going back to Tiger Jack or anybody else. I mean, he's got five majors and four non-majors, so he comes to play when it matters. Um, I mean, I think this, other than the fact that we're all blockheads, and I think we'll talk about that later, this was, this was a fun PGA, And and I thought it really, I think we, talked about this i thought it really played out more like a u.s open uh than a pga sometimes in pgas you get you know double digit uh winning scores but oak hill has historically been a tough course it was a u.s open course first uh and so it it played every bit like it and well on a day
0: of a day of downpour rain didn't, right, didn't help. Right. right
3: but that rough was punishing and you know the donald ross uh sculpted mounds on the greens it was it was hard for them to get it uh, a read on them Um, but I, you know, I thought we all probably assumed that Scotty was going to run away with it when he was up, uh, going into Saturday and he just, he's had a couple times in major rounds recently where he stumbles, uh, and third round was it. I mean, he, he would have won the tournament, but for just a horrific Saturday and, and Kepka, you know, initially he looked like he was not even going to be a factor. He was two over after the first day didn't look good. Uh, in fact, he had to, you know, kind of come on strong at the end of round one just to get where he was. Uh, but then, then he throws out a 66 on, on Friday and he's in the mix. Uh, and then sixty-six, sixty-seven, 67 and you know, the guy just, he's got ice in his veins. Um, it is, uh, it is a tournament though, of two bunker shots to me. Um, if Hovland is able to get at least up and down, out of the bunker maybe just get a bogey on 16 instead of a double. I mean remember Brooks is only up by 1 going into the 16th hole. We had three holes of match play with one stroke lead uh but then with the double bogey it was over. And then on on that par 3 11th Brooks hit the ball and he's just steep into that big face uh of the bunker and he's able to get it up. Now he didn't make the putt but it could have been it could have been easily a double and he could have left it in the bunker. He could have Buried it in the face like Hoblin did. So those two shots really, you know, made the difference in the tournament. But um, I I don't know where you. We'll talk about what it really means. I mean, does it does it um, legitimize Live now that they have one of their players have, has won a major? I'm sure it gives them a, a boost, a little shot in the arm. I'm sure the shark is running around, uh, you know, high fiving. Um, but does it, uh, does it change anything you know, as far I, as the way that, yeah, yeah. I think we're
2: ready for a live versus PGA and the live style, cup style tournament. I got to tell you, I, my, my thought PGA
0: is afraid of that. My, my thought was live is such an afterthought. Nobody cares. Like the, the, the unfortunate, I just don't think anybody cares. Like is anybody going to go turn on a live tournament now because Kepka won? No, yeah. nobody knows where to find them. It's not even a story anymore, right? Right. The reality the fans, is the
2: PGA, PGA fans don't seem to care either. They're nobody. Cares. They're back to rooting for Phil and Brooks, and they're fine.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it just it's just unfortunate because you're only going to see these guys at the majors, right? I mean, all this has done is elevated the majors another notch higher because it's the only time you're going to see all the best golfers in the world. Playing, playing against each milk, milk, what, milk
2: it, what's going on with Dustin Johnson?
3: It, yeah. Well he oh, yeah, back he, he pulled
2: he his back his, out he hurt his back with Paulina man.
0: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Paulina. Was, Can you blame him? <laughs> he, yeah, I, I wish I could hurt my back like that.
4: <laughs> no, he's not playing well, but I mean I, I think look the problem for the PGA tour is when you're not playing a major, it it's completely devaluing the regular status weekend tournaments outside right. of majors because they're watered down with talent. What their talents? Not there. You have, look, I mean, by the way, it wasn't just Brooks yesterday. I think they had how many in the top five, two in the top five, like Bryson was there, right? Yeah. He, he played like shit yesterday. Yeah. He played like shit, but he still is top 10. I think they top have 10 or like, six got six live players in the top 15 or top but, 20. But
0: milk, I'm going to disagree with you on on one thing there. Because, you know, I hear what you're saying about watering down the other events, but, you know, the the PGA's designated or elevated events, what they've done with those, I think has counteracted a little bit of what you're saying. Because the guys who are the top players on the PGA have to show up to those tournaments. So, you know, like we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, but the Heritage in Hilton Head, which I got to go to one of the rounds of, Traditionally being right after the Masters doesn't have anybody exciting playing in it. But this year, everybody was there. Speeth was there. Rom was there having just won the Masters. Um uh what's his name? Uh, uh the guy who won it at the end of the day. Um what's the kid's name from England who won it? Um Patrick. Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick, yeah. Um, I wanted to Ed. say Matthews, but I knew that wasn't right. Um, You know, so anyway, so I, I think, I mean, I hear what you're saying, Milk, about it watering down, but I think that the way the PGA has done these elevated events counteracts that a little bit.
4: Yeah, I guess, but these guys are still, they're still top 10. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I guess I understand what you're saying. They're, they're these p- better players, these guys who normally wouldn't play a tournament are now playing them, but you've still got these, Ten guys yeah. that can compete on any day, yeah, not there. And it's yeah. Just, I mean, it's
3: it's it's a shame. That's what it, it is. It's a shame. I, think, I think what
4: I think what this highlights
3: is it's a shame that live exists to dilute a product that we really came to enjoy, which was the PGA Tour. Right.
4: Yeah. And so, by the way, I I Pope I I disagree. I don't think Kepka gives Kepka gives a shit about PGA. He he. All he cares about is majors. He always has. So he gets the best of both worlds. He gets his hundred fifty million dollars or whatever he got, and he gets to still play the majors, and then he comes out and wins them. That's I don't it. know. I mean,
3: look if you you, you think know, that I don't, all, think
4: Kepka, who's kind of a dick, let's be honest, gives a shit about the PGA Tour. We I all watched. Think. We all watched Full Swing
3: last year or this year.
4: I And, and you and you all saw how it's Kepka
3: good, was was really, you know, he was disappointed, upset, hurt, didn't know about what what his future held. And he, you know, kind of looked at live as an opportunity to uh, take care of his future cash in. Um, I don't think it had anything to do because he didn't like the PGA Tour. I think I think it was an out for him, but he was really focused on his injuries. And he didn't know at the time if he was going to be able to make a full comeback. I and just his think, knee
2: was really bad. Uh, yeah, just I just think the given past- the oper-
3: he was not the guy to go. I don't think he would have gone. I just don't. I don't think he would have gone to live. But for the fact that he had injuries, and he was worried about his future. But that that being said, look, put it in perspective. He has now got five majors, tied with Byron Nelson, Sebi, and some others since 1990. The majors you have Tiger with 15, Phil with six, and Kepka with five. So clearly, yeah. you know one of the one of the best of our generation of golfers.
0: And and, um, and it was a great tournament. I mean, it was it, it was fun. I mean, they, you know there was every shot mattered right up till the till the sand trap shot bunker shot.
2: Well,
4: can we talk about that? What? I mean, that had happened. Who who had hit the same shot? Connors. Connors had hit the same shot the day before. Or yes. Yes. How well, I mean, how are how are you letting that happen? And is that on the caddy? Because how are you not like, "Well, Connors yesterday hit the lip." I don't know if he used a different club than Connors. Connors did. Maybe he did. It didn't. I he mean, Hoblin should
1: have ha,
3: ha, been it. able to, he should have been able to get a nine-iron over that lip. He just I did. mean that that didn't look.
0: his shoulder. Look, every yeah, every every bunker is is an existential threat to me, but but I mean <laughs> that did not look like that hard of a shot. maybe it was just the camera angle. Maybe you couldn't get a full grasp of how intimidating that lip was, but it didn't seem like that should have been in play. I, I didn't think it, it looked like it should have been in play. I mean, did he just skull it? I, yes. I yes, Yeah, he mishit it. He lifted,
3: his, he lifted his shoulder he mishit it.
0: I mean, it, it's it's really the only mishit he had, too. It just came at a time that was like, like not just devastating, you know, but it was a mishit in a bunker that then he got stuck in a... I mean, it was like the worst case scenario, just the absolute worst case scenario.
3: I It just, it just goes this, this weekend goes to reinforce the notion that the majors are must see TV. And we're going to have another one in a month. I mean, they come, yeah. they come fast. It's awesome.
0: Yep. All right. Anything else on, uh, I know we're going to come back to the, to the story everyone wants to talk about from, from the PGA, but we'll get, we'll get there. We'll patience people, but anything else on the tournament? All right, who wants to punch someone?
2: Come on, man. And with the local DBC news, Evan Cool J with a triumphant comeback. More
0: a but tonight... Don't call it a comeback. Not too Mama said out. I'm gonna you out. Mama said not too Milk, I heard you have a, a little slap.
4: No, I've got a slap. Unless, does someone else have a real punch? It well, count- there...
0: There was a real punch called in from House, who is is traveling right now. We miss you today, buddy. We wish you were here. But I I was asked to to give a little bit. I mean, once again, we have racism, you know, uh, wielding its ugly head in the soccer world. Um, We know we've talked about the struggles that these teams have uh, in the Premier League. And now this time it's in La Liga which I'm told is the, is the Spanish league. Um, and I I guess you had a a guy, you know, basically the, the bottom line is the, the racial slurs, you know, there's players in La Liga now who are just saying Spain is the place for the race, for the racism. Now, this is the way it is. You know, there was an incident over the weekend, I guess. And, um, you know, one of the Real Madrid players was was the recipient of a number of slurs. Um, but what's the sad part about it is the attitude that all the players have had, saying this is what La Liga is now. This is what the fans are. This is what happens every game. This was not an isolated incident, and you know that's the reason for the punch. It's not a couple unruly fans. It's that you have a league where racism and slurs are just common to the point where the players are just, they've just sort of thrown up their hands and said, we have to just live with it. You have no idea how bad it is.
2: But doesn't this get back to our, our, where we started? There's no Jim Brown willing to defy that situation and stand right. up and say, this is unacceptable. And we, as players won't tolerate it. Yeah,
0: well, you're it's right. Crazy. I mean, nobody's, nobody They should off have the- to. Right. They should be walking off the pitch, you know, team, you know, team, both teams arm in arm, right? Saying we're not going to play in front of these crowds, but there's too much money at stake.
4: Right. To sit there and be like, well, this is it. We just have to deal with it. There's nothing we can do.
2: Their, their, their teammates shouldn't tolerate, tolerate it. Right. Right. They need Roy Kent. They need Roy Kent. That's right.
0: This is a Roy Kent moment. So. Well, that's the punch that I had, um, and I'm sure that, that House could probably speak a little more eloquently about it. I mean, the, the idea that I have to report on soccer is very frustrating to me. It's hey, been a bad be, bad day. So much Syracuse fucking praise, and now i got to talk soccer. Yeah, really? right. Bef- so, before
2: we move off of uh, House's favorite sport, let's congratulate one of our uh, favorite listeners, Zeke, for graduating yeah. from Tulane oh, yeah. this weekend Good, and getting into law school. Good job, Zeke. Yeah, that's congrats, right. Zeke.
4: Are you yeah. also pun-
2: punching him in the face or something? Who Zeke? Not yet. We, not until we get to. That's not until we get to segment. the Joe Burrow segment of the show. I don't <laughs> <know>. <laughs> can, can we not punch him for wearing a
3: Jalen Hurts jersey underneath his uh, graduation gown? That's,
4: that's, that's probably spec- that's definitely punch worthy. That's, that's definitely <laughs> punch worthy. <laughs> his yeah. take on Joe Burrow and in its entirety is punch worthy. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Milk, go ahead. Give us your slap. Give us what you had as a
4: slap. No, look, look. I think it's time. Somebody stood up and said something about this. I texted about it yesterday during the golf course. I, I can't stand knocking uh, in the backswing guy anymore. It has. It's.
2: Uh, I love this. You are so right.
4: Point where it's every shot. It's not just the drives. It's every iron. It's every putt. And the worst thing of all is that it's no longer funny. There used to be some fun. I was the first to admit. I laughed when I heard mashed potatoes the first time. Right. Okay. I was the first person to laugh. <laughs> it's not even funny anymore. Some of the stupidest. I, I don't even know what these guys were saying yesterday. No, Stupid- a
2: life. Just they get need- a
4: life. No, they need to kick them out. They kick them it's out. Do something. There needs to be a rule. I don't care. I'm that you're. I'm sure as hell that's a rule in Augusta. I don't hear it there. So right. somebody figure this out, PGA Tour. To the dorks, fucking losers who do this, I'm punching all of them in the face, flapping, whatever. At the very minimum, if you're going to continue to do it, say something funny. Come up with some original, something original. It's stupid. That's all I got to say.
3: Did, did you hear the guy who yelled Omaha, Omaha? <laughs> that's kind of funny. <laughs> all right. That's, that's, that's Milk. okay. <laughs> Milk,
2: what I have to say to you is, you demand man. Right. Right. In the hole? In the, in the hole? That's it? You demand?
4: <laughs> okay, boomer. Let's move on.
2: <laughs> Am I getting old or something? What is you on? You were just no, officially... you are a hundred percent correct. It's no, so old. That it's is... so old. You it's are so, so right and also so old. Yeah.
4: <laughs> it's like when Seinfeld and he's like, no, as a comedian, I'm offended. It's like, say something funny. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think that's that merits a full punch. Yes.
0: I think God, so,
3: too. Any dumb. idiot who yells after a guy hits a ball, some stupid saying.
4: God, that's got to be so embarrassing when you're next to the person. Like, ugh, cringeworthy. <laughs>
0: All right, Milk, give us the last, Barbecue
4: Fuck you, Well, I felt bad for Pope that he had to cover the PJ Championship and not mentioned our friend, our blockhead friend. Um, obviously that was almost as big a story, if not bigger story, a bigger story than, than Kepka's win. Uh, you know, Michael block, the PGA professional from mission Viejo, uh, California, who, and I mean, I've been thinking about this. I don't think we can put into perspective what he did this weekend to literally go out there and the guy hits a bucket of balls a week. I mean, that's like as little as it gets. He doesn't even play a full round. These guys to go up against the best in the world and not just, you know, look, you can go out there and go head. That guy can probably go head to head with any PGA. Most PGA professional can go head to head in a one round game on any golf course and probably come really close, maybe lose by a few strokes or whatever. But go out in those conditions, and to basically shoot par for four days straight, yeah, was it? It's it was a ten cup moment. Like literally, it wasn't a movie; it happened. Um, on steroids. On on steroids, and then you just throw in this ace on fifteen. Oh that was just god! The unbelievable shot I've ever seen. Not only was it an ace. It didn't even roll. It goes it just to- went right, right in the hole. It was a swish. In the hole. A swish. I mean, it, looked, it was like this. It looked like, like my a, only
3: hole in one. Just yeah, this is
4: really happening. It's really happening. Then you that get, was
0: gratuitous, Pope. That yeah, was gratuitous. Right. We right. can cut we can
2: <laughs> edit that out, right? Yeah. Oh, whatever. <laughs> he,
4: gets to, uh, he gets to 18. He's got to get he hits a horrible shot on that. We all related to on it. Wasn't even that bad. I mean, but he was off the green. Uh, puts himself in a bad situation. He's got to get up and down to get invited back to the PGA championship next year. Oh my God. And hits a ridiculous, that chip was absurd, by the way. Almost absurd. harder I mean, than the hole in one. Harder than it was. He had that, that much landing area. He had the smallest landing area, perfectly placed, puts him in a position to make a putt that, by the way, is also completely nerve wracking. He's sitting there. And you look around, there's the entire place is packed. And he's – I mean, just think about that. He probably knows in his head, I probably have to make this to get top 15 finish. The entire world's watching me. This entire crowd is like – I mean, I would have gotten up there, putted it off the green. <laughs> I mean, he might as well have been putting for a green jacket. I mean, it was unbelievable. <laughs> and it goes in and this, like, slowly goes in, like, Tiger style. Uh-huh. It goes in. Um, He – Finishes in the top 15. He's coming back. Then these videos have come out of these, of the uh, colonial, uh, the Charles Schwab next weekend, calls him after and says, oh, by the way, you've got a sponsor exemption. We want you to come next week. And then I think he got into the RBC, right? Yeah, Moose Moosejaw hooked him up. Moose he may be the board.
2: most popular golfer in the country right now. Paul he Miller is. puts him up. And yeah. it's just like,
4: I mean, you know, it's one of those like, this is never give up on your dream moment. I mean, to, to go out there and do what he did. I mean, he, he beat. Did you them. hear that at one point they, somebody said that they, one of the, one of the, you know, the reporters
0: out there on the course looked at Rory and Rory was like, I've never seen anything like this before. <laughs> and he's like, and I've seen everything on the golf course. Right.
4: He couldn't believe it. Um, I mean, other than that cackle, when he hit that hole in one,
0: uh, I mean, milk. We know you hate Rory. But yeah, I know. I, I, I have to say, I think Rory was like smitten with the whole thing. Like, I think he was thoroughly enjoying the whole day.
4: I mean, how could you not? I mean, you're still right. playing with this guy. He's hitting. He's getting aces, which have happened. It's only happened like twenty times, right, in the entire or since like the nineteen eighty. Um, but I mean, look, it's just uh, unbelievable story, and I, I. He might go out next weekend and shoot 115. Right, right, he is. right, right. But yeah, and he probably will. He, he's he's just gonna go out and get hammered in Fort Worth
3: bars and just. Yeah. He's gonna live the life of Riley. He's gonna be high fiving guys.
4: <laughs> that guy is like average Joe PGA professional. Exactly. Golf it's
3: and, and it's almost if Golf Channel put together a script and they're like, "Yeah, hey, we could sell this." No, yeah. he beat John Rahm by six strokes over
0: right. four days.
2: Oh, wait, he gets
3: an ace on 15. No, no, you can't. That's unrealistic. That was that was
0: just unreal. Just
3: yeah. Now. I mean, it's crazy. I, I don't know if you guys remember it, but it was viral. Like I think it was Thursday. He hit a shank on a par three. Right. A dead shank right. And he got a double bogey, which was pretty amazing considering. But, I mean, he hit the ball. It went straight into a tree.
4: It's like yeah. one of our shots. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, he's he's like, what? What the hell? The doesn't even play. He doesn't play rounds every week. He just goes out and and uh, hits a bucket of balls. So unbelievable uh, story. Worthy Great of-
0: story. Great lasso. All right, thirty second. Any buzzer beaters for anyone? No, stars are one. on the ropes. I got one. I got to congratulate the Georgetown Hoyas baseball program for the yes. second year in a row. They made it to the Big East tourney. So they're starting postseason play uh, Wednesday at 2 30 against UConn. I Madrid heard they're Husky. dedicating
4: yeah. a season to Chris Nace. Yeah. Yes,
0: that's what I heard too.
4: All star catcher.
0: All star catcher who had more more shoulder surgeries and plate appearances in his career. <laughs> All right. Anybody got a buzzer beat or anything else? No. Nope. All right, guys. Real nope. big thanks to Jerry for joining us. That was great. Yeah, thanks oh, for setting that up. Great i yeah. out.